0: Welcome to The Modernization. This podcast is dedicated to the topic of business modernization in the fourth industrial revolution, leveraging the power of cloud technology like Salesforce to deliver personalized experiences and growth through automation, efficiency, and scale. On this podcast, we talk about how to modernize organizations and discuss everything including people, technology, and data. You can expect to get advice from experts, industry news, and exciting modern thinking. Stay tuned. For those of you that don't know me, my name is Robin Leonard, CEO and co-founder of AF Digital. AF Digital are a Salesforce multi-cloud system integrator and marketing services provider. In today's webinar, I'm going to go through the top 10 challenges faced by the retail industry during the coronavirus. I'm also going to explore a tactical response, which brands should be taking immediately. And then I'm going to talk through some ways to increase sales and revenue creatively, which is what we all should be trying to do. Before we get started, I'd just like to remind everyone about our Corona Crisis Industry Webinar Series. Uh, We ran our first one last week, which was focused on retail, which is also the topic of this podcast. Next week on Tuesday, the 31st of March at 12.30pm Sydney time, I'm going to be doing a deep dive social listening webinar on Corona, where we're going to listen in to what people are saying globally about the um, crazy crisis uh then on thursday april the 2nd at 10 30 a.m we're going to be talking about the education industry and how they're impacted by the coronavirus we're also going to be talking through their tactical response and how they can strategically uh take the best out of this opportunity so i'll add the links to the show notes please do register and uh it'll be really exciting uh, I've listed out 10 challenges that I feel are uh, really pertinent to the retail industry at the moment. Uh, first is panic buying, uh, so, and, which is you wouldn't think it's a problem because it's like, great, people are buying more product, I'm going to have a lot more cash. The real problem is actually in your supply chain and um, being able to keep up with that demand uh, at such short intervals. Uh, Second issue is cash flow. And, you know, again, I I said that uh, retailers really started um, on a back foot with this corona crisis. They weren't, in many cases, in a strong position. Many rely on revolving credit, and they don't have liquidity. So it's really a challenging position to be in um, if you're in that state, because, You know, a small glitch or a stop can cause the whole thing again to fold and fall over. Uh, Brick and mortar forced closures. So naturally the government are are making very dramatic uh, changes to the legislation to ensure Corona doesn't spread. But this is impacting brick and mortar stores. Um, So this is also a major issue with every store closure as a business. You really need to uh, make swift changes and actions, deal with those staff. You know, there's so many considerations in that. Uh, So my fourth challenge is static inventory on shelves. Uh, And this is a real problem because you have a massive liability just sitting there that can't be sold. And uh, you know that, especially if the if the produce doesn't last long, if it has an expiry date, that's really just a liability. It's a massive liability that retail has uh, to consider. Uh, my fifth challenge is fixed costs, so things like leases and obligations. Uh, "These things are also hamstring businesses that suddenly have no cash coming in, but they've got these fixed costs to, to pay. Um, and again, if these fixed costs can't be paid, then you've also got the suppliers or the, uh, the landlords that are also in a really bad situation. So everyone's kind of at uh, at the mercy of um, you know of this cash being held up, The sixth issue is labor costs, so you either have labor costs where you can have them work from home and maybe be productive, but in retail in many cases you've got a lot of stood down employees that can't be productive and they're really just physically there to serve the customer, uh, which isn't possible anymore. So this is another major issue with the retail industry. Number seven, death by product category. Uh, And so this is really it's quite interesting and I'll talk about this in in a little bit But you get some products that are very relevant and other products that are absolutely not relevant Uh, And I'll go into a bit of detail, but for example toilet paper very relevant Uh, a, a Trip to Honolulu not so relevant number eight supply chain availability and responsiveness So this is, uh, again, I think another another key challenge that retailers and all businesses have is, what about those suppliers? And if they can't supply the goods that you need in time, what if they're also having problems with either their cash flow or their staff or keeping open? You know uh, so the supply chain is really at the mercy of the coronavirus also uh, which is if that if you depend on one part of your supply chain to work for you to d- deliver your product and that one part goes down and you can't deliver any of your product as a result it's a massive risk uh, number nine consideration um, so this is really around the consumer purchase consideration um, because of this job loss fear, you've got all these consumers that they where they would have bought something in a second before. Now they may take three months before they actually buy it. But they've also got a lot of time on their hands and are sitting at home online, so they have all the time in the world to shop around. So this is really where you need to uh, think about their uh, their journey with you from that moment where they start shopping to the moment that they purchase that's a much more considered purchase. It's a longer sales cycle. And as such, we need to be a little bit more uh, intelligent with how we market to those people. Finally, number 10, case risk for employees. And uh, this is really uh, you know a huge risk for employers because if you do get Uh, one employee sick you really need to announce it uh, you need to close the premise you need to have deep cleaning so again this is another challenge that retailers have is that if there is a case it's actually very damaging let's talk about the tactical response now so the way i have structured the tactical response for my own business is a four-prong approach Communicate, seek aid, save costs, and increase sales. What I've done as well is I have mapped those 10 challenges across these four different strategies. Uh, And what I've come up with is a a very simple um, kind of statement on the the strategy. So for communication, uh, communicate to customers, staff, suppliers, and the government. So it's really simple. It's just really focusing on those four key stakeholder groups. Seek aid from government, banks, and non-profit organisations. And it's really uh, there's so many options available, and there's so many people trying to help um, that you just have to put your hand up. Save costs, uh, reduce brick-and-mortar costs. Fixed costs, non-essential expenses, and labor costs. And finally, increase sales. Grow e-commerce, promote on marketplaces, sell relevant products, and build one-to-one smarter journeys. So let's let's talk about this. Let's talk about selling more, making that revenue. This is the opportunity that we all have. It is a wake-up call, right? I mean, we've been... Um, sitting here trying to keep the lights on for so long, doing things the the old way. You know, we used to um, really think that brick-and-mortar retail was the only way to do it. But we realize now there's a new normal that's evolving. This could be around for a long time, this, uh, this virus. So we need to think as businesses, how can we be less fragile? How can we uh, ensure that our business retains value and usefulness even if there's a massive crisis like this in the future. It may not be the only time, and it may never go back to how it was. So we have to think, how do we need to change? Also, what do we need to do to take this opportunity? You know, the opportunity is there to grab if we want it. But if we do nothing, if we take no action, if we potentially just go into hibernation mode, which is what many businesses will do by default, you may not seize the opportunity and you may be flanked by your competitors. There was a really great study done by Bain & Company. It was really focused around the global financial crisis and how that impacted the global markets. What they found is that there's companies that emerged out of that as winners and others that emerged out as losers. So, And if, if you uh, look at those, they actually had a, a higher rate of success during the re- recession. So the winners actually had a 17% um, uh, growth amount during the recession. Then after the recession, they enjoyed 13% growth, which is kind of like, um, you know, it, it toned down a bit, but they kept growing. Whereas the losers, they had 0% growth during the recession and then 1% growth after. So it's actually quite a game changer how that recession works. If you take the advantage, you can come out of it like really running. Um, But if you don't, you don't, it's quite simple. There's been a a rise in e-commerce in China and Italy particularly, uh, because during this coronavirus, there's studies um, that say 31% of uh, people study, this is the same study, 10,000 people, uh, in Italy, more frequently use e-commerce to purchase products than they would do uh, buying in-store. 31% Italy, Vietnam 57%, China 50%, India 55%. So that's, that's pretty much in those emerging markets. It's more than half of the people surveyed said they would buy more frequently through e-commerce now than they did before coronavirus. You've got Australia, Australia is at 18%, uh, UK at 18%. The study was done uh, March 14th, a few weeks back, and, you know, I'd be really interested to see what the update of the study is, but uh, you can see it's already, for those markets that are, have been really hard hit by uh, coronavirus, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's quite dramatic. So what does that tell us? Isn't it, isn't it quite straightforward? We really need to look at these things for our business. We need to think about how we can leverage e-commerce, uh, how we can leverage marketplaces, um, how we can sell relevant products for the now. And how can we build smarter journeys that nurture our prospects for a longer period so that when they are ready to buy, that they think about us. So e-commerce uh you know my my recommendation is to just jump straight in this is a great opportunity and going back to that bain and company uh survey this is the opportunity this is where you can outflank your competitors if no one really does e-commerce so uh for example i am doing e-commerce and um i i was already planning to do it and i'd already started doing it but this uh, this whole Corona thing has really revved that whole digital transformation up for me. Um, so this has become my number one priority as a business. Um, I am investing in Store Connect, which is actually a retail e-comm store attached to Salesforce. Uh, it's really great. Um, it's, there's a new version being launched, which starts at $500 per month and 1% of your transaction fees. And it's built on the Salesforce platform. So that way you actually have one data model for your CRM and your e-commerce. Uh, so that's a really exciting new product that's being uh, released. Um, but you can also just go into Shopify and set up a Shopify e com store within a day and go live and start selling to your customers. Anyone can do it. So this is really where you can outflank your competitors uh, pretty much immediately uh, and just on day one. Um, the thing with large organizations that have been on e-commerce for a while is they've probably overcomplicated it with enterprise technology. It's very hard for them to change and adapt. Whereas if you're a young, uh, fresh, agile company, or you're just going in for the first time and just setting up a Shopify, it's actually really easy to make it awesome. So um, that's what I'd recommend anyone does that that doesn't have any e-commerce strategy, even if you're B2B, like my company is, um, you should definitely consider this is the future of how people want to transact so let's talk about selling relevant products uh, and I think it's quite clear you and I've got two kind of recommendations for this is uh, identify your out of your product catalog what won't sell what's not relevant so and I don't know everyone's product catalog but um, don't sell things like vacations uh, and also be considerate of what people can afford so can afford can people afford luxury items right now um, there is some substitute buying happening though so um, this one's a bit of a funky one because you do actually in some cases have customers that would have been spending a lot of money on going out and drinking and events uh, now they've got this extra income so there's some uh, spending happening in the luxury range which is very interesting um but it's just important to consider what won't sell and don't try sell it you know don't try sell something that's not not wanted or needed um what i would recommend focusing on is what will sell Uh, and so for me it's quite simple is identifying remedies for um corona problems you know if you can solve a problem that your client has or your customer has around their problems, then that's going to be an in-demand service immediately. Uh, Anything useful during quarantine, you know, like obviously toilet paper. um, I just went out and bought a bidet, like a a bum gun. Uh, So that's, um, you know, that's an in-demand product right now because there's no toilet paper. Uh, Anything entertaining uh, is is probably going to be quite useful now because you've got people at home Um, anything that helps people communicate better and you can see products like uh, zoom that are really doing well Um, and finally any ways to make money or save money so these people that have lost their jobs obviously they're very price sensitive so i think um, any suggestions you can make for helping them out a little bit so that's what I'd focus on It's just do a review of your product catalog. What's going to sell, what's not going to sell. Uh, and then I would also highly recommend getting into the marketplace game if you haven't already. So marketplaces, are uh, it's a really interesting phenomenon. You've probably heard about, about uh, Amazon, uh, there's AliExpress, Alibaba, Craigslist, Facebook has a marketplace, uh, Etsy, even Airbnb is a marketplace for um, accommodation. Uh, So, and that's really the thing is if you um, just post your products in the marketplace, you have access to the marketplace's web traffic. You don't really have to work so hard for it. Um, and you've got these really amazing marketplaces that are very well developed and uh, you can actually sell globally through the marketplace whereas maybe before you wouldn't have sold globally because you just didn't have the reach so um, i would highly recommend if you don't have a marketplace strategy just go on and set one up similar to shopify just go and set it up ask for forgiveness later Uh, But this could be a saver, especially if we're talking about your static inventory, because this is a great place to sell your static inventory just to post it. It's free. Uh, You've got nothing to lose. I've heard of brands that have started a marketplace, uh, a marketplace store, and they've actually ended up um, doing a lot better through the marketplace than their their other channels. So it's really something to consider. With... Your customers. We've talked about consideration being very important. You've got this buyer that comes along this journey, and um, they may shop around, they may browse different sites. The benefit of them doing that is, if you capture that data, you can actually get a very good understanding about what their needs are or what they're looking for. So, I mean, there's there's really it's really important to pay attention to your web browse behavior. Then, once you've converted them into a lead, so you've somehow got their subscriber details and their permission to market. Um, And this is a really hard thing, but if you're a marketer, you probably know about a bunch of different tactics to get these email addresses or subscribers. Let's assume you get that person in and now it's really your job to nurture them. And to nurture them in a relevant way that's not annoying, it's not um, too much, it's not too little, but it's just the right amount of information and kind of reminders about how great the service is. This is really what brands should be thinking about is instead of a batch and blast where you're like I'm going to do an email blast an email campaign and I expect a one percent response from it and then done. It's not like that because that's like throwing spaghetti at a wall and hoping it sticks. This is more intelligent it's a more intelligent one-to-one form of marketing where you actually serve that person with content and information that's relevant to them and it's useful at the time the i think that the hard part about achieving this is it's a lot easier said than done Uh, if your systems are spaghetti if you have a lot of systems data silos if you don't have integrated systems that share data between them it's very hard to build a single customer view and it's then even harder to automate a customer journey because you don't your system that's sending and communicating doesn't know everything. So important that you have that data centralized so that you can really build that view of the customer and design a smarter journey across all of the channels, be it the the web channels, chat on your website, your chatbot, your login portals. Your, your sales people, your service people, your marketing channels. You know, there's so many channels that we communicate with customers and it's really important that they feed into a single customer view so that we can then market to them and be relevant. Otherwise, guesswork. So I think we do have a big opportunity as retail brands but we have to grab it. The same company that did that study around, uh, you know, um, making the most out of a recession have come up with a a matrix of how you should strategize during a recession. So, and it's, it's kind of simple. So if I've got a strong market position, so I'm the market leader, but I don't have any cash. If I'm cash weak right now in this recession, then I need to do an urgent cost transformation. I really need to change my business quickly and make sure I'm cost-prepared uh, cost, like prepared, and I'm going to weather the storm. If I have a strong financial position, but I don't have a good market position, I've got cash in the bank, but I'm, I'm option D, I'm not awesome. So this is where you invest and grow and you, you, you buy capability when it's cheap. You know, you invest when it's at the lowest cost and this is where you've got the opportunity to grow your market share or your market position. If you are strong, oh, sorry, if you're weak market position and weak financially, what should you do? Really, there's two options, go big or go home. So this is really where you should consider selling the business or an aggressive cost transformation. Finally, uh, if you're strong market share, strong finances, so you've got cash in the bank and you're a market leader, then you should be playing offense. So this is a time that you invest to enhance product and market share leadership. So you buy capability, Proactively acquire businesses. Like now is your time to grow, and you'll leapfrog your competitors. So it's a it's a really interesting position we're in, but it depends on where you're at as a business. You know, it's really about your current market share, as well as your current financial ability. And hopefully, um, you know, there's retailers out there that that are in the position to really grow out of this um and not too many are are taken aback so that's really my recommended approach to the corona crisis for retailers is really a four-prong approach communicate to customers staff suppliers and the government seek aid from government banks and non-profits save costs by reducing brick and mortar fixed costs, non-essential expenses, and labor costs. And then finally, increase sales by investing in e-commerce, promoting on marketplaces, selling relevant products, and building one-to-one smarter journeys. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening and please, if you have any questions or would like to request any topics be discussed on this podcast, please reach out on our AF Digital Social channels at AF Digital Social.